Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 35. What's up, Neil? What up, man? Glad you're here, man. You had a long day. Yeah, it happens every now and again. Back to work stuff. You don't know anything about that right now, but <laughs> a little bit long. We're back for episode three of season three. You had a great guest tonight, Dollar Green. Thanks for being here, Dollar Green. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. We got a little drink we're going to have while we're talking to you. Looks like Neil brought in Bernheim Original. What do you know about this, Neil? Uh, it's from, it's from, it's made in Kentucky. Well, good. Not, we're not going to, it's seven year. We're not going to drink anything that's not made in Kentucky or it's not bourbon, right? That's right. <laughs> well, let's pour a little bit of this. And cheers, Neil. Cheers, Dollar Green. Cheers. Salute. I think Salute. they say in some parts of the world. Yes, yeah. sir. Salute. So let's see what you have here, Neil. I see it's aged seven years, small batch. Entirely <laughs> too smooth. That's good. I like it. Yeah, it is. It can be too smooth. It can be too smooth because then it goes <laughs> down too quick. <laughs> That's the only reason I worry about it being too smooth. Am I going to have a different Brad Neil by the end of this? Depends uh, how, how smooth this uh, really goes. Yeah, well, we, we try to we try to make sure that doesn't happen, but I have to say maybe an episode or two it did. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good bourbon that night. <laughs> Ricky, why don't you go back and tell us where uh, what your first memories of music are or, or where you realized music was going to be an important part of your life? Really, man, I was an only child, and um, I was raised by... Eagles, Joe Wash, mom, mom listened to, we had it, she had like an Eagles tape that we just continuously played over and over and over. And that's kind of what I, that was the first thing. Um, but I remember, you know, once I got into it and started like looking out on my own, it was all like classic rock. I just dove into Ozzy and, and, uh, Leonard Skinner and all that is really what I got started when I first started going down the wormhole of what is music. It was that and, the you know, Pink Floyd and all that, actually. Um, you know, I know I rap, but I didn't I didn't really get into hip hop until and I was I think I was 13 or 14 years old. How did that happen? My cousin, I don't even know where he got it from, but he got an N.W.A. tape. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that was just the most um, it was the most inappropriate and made us feel like the biggest, like we were growing up when we were saying that stuff, you know. <laughs> and um, it just, it's, I fell in love with the, uh, how much they would just say, I don't know how edited we are, but, you know, just screw everybody who, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, yeah. I mean, You can say whatever you want, man. We're good. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, the fuck the police, like for somebody to say that, and when that when I was a kid, it was just like the most, you know, I thought they were gods, you know. Mm. This was all, this was before... You know, I'm a white rapper, of course, and and then this was before like Eminem, even. You know what I mean? This was mm-hmm. way back when you were uh, coming up listening to the the old, you know, Eagles and Joe Walsh and all that stuff. That was kind of like during the time of the inception of hip hop, as it was. Did you ever uh, find yourself kind of even in in those days venturing off and listening to a little bit of? Uh, like Rapper's Delight or, you know, the stuff that was definitely more radio-friendly and, and easier to access. But, you know, that that was kind of like the dawn of hip-hop. Did any of that have any type of effect on you at all coming in? I remember hearing about the positive rappers, but I was right after that wave, right? Like the, mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I went from NWA to Tupac um, straight into, I guess, uh, No Limit Records came out right around the time I really, really, really started listening to Real Tough was when Master P and all them came on the scene. Okay. Um, from there, it was bad because I was already, I don't know how much y'all know about my story, but it, <laughs> it, it took a turn for the worse right when uh, Master P started making music, so. I listened to uh, that School of Rock event Yeah, that you attended. You kind of told your story there in a spoken word poem, or maybe it, maybe it was a song of yours. I don't know. So yeah. I, I, heard, I heard your story through that, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it is a song. And I think I like, I like how it comes across better in the spoken word kind of form because I'm not rushed by keeping time, mm. right? I can, I can pause when I want, et cetera. So there's going to be a lot of people that, that haven't looked at that. If you don't mind, yeah. uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Because or maybe even perform that uh, spoken word. Yeah, we can do it all. Listening to, to your stuff, and I've, I listened to a big chunk of it, how much of this is true? What is it? Is this an autobiography? Is this written out of first person? Because, you know, a lot of it's out of a very painful place yeah, and, man. and yeah and uh tough tough past so is that all your life story yeah every bit of it and i have to get past it i have to like this what i'm doing right now it's called the face-off campaign right and that yes. the face-off campaign is where i'm very publicly owning the fact that i'm a recovering drug addict i've been homeless i've been to prison and i'm sober right mm-hmm. so i'm being very public about that and it's called the face-off ep that's the name of that project And the point in that is, you know, I've been sober since 2006. And the point in that is, you know, I've met a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people. There's, I guess we got time to talk about it. Like normally I just skip past this because we don't have time to talk about it. Yeah, we get all the time, man. This is awesome. So there there were times, oh man, so yeah. Uh, Let me me finish that thought and then I will start bringing back the other ones. All right. But so to answer your question about the the face-off EP, what I'm doing with that, Neil, is I need to, the Behind Blue Eyes record you have, I made that in 2010, and that was when I first kind of decided I was going to tell that story. And the response from that, up until that point, I just made kind of fun, you know, silly kind of rap. But that one was heavy. It was real life. It was a true story. It was about my struggle. And when I did that, that I'm down, I'm touring. So I was working a day job, and every weekend I would have booked for a month out um, I would drive as far as I could on a Friday after work, and I would have a show that night somewhere in Tennessee. And then I would loop back on Saturday night, and I would have a show halfway between there and home. And I, like, and then I would go a different direction the next weekend. Well, that was after Behind Blue Eyes had dropped, and I show up, and the, you know more and more people start coming to see me because of that record. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, you know, the <laughs> girls started raising their shirts up and my lo- I see my logo tattooed on her ribs. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to make it. You know what I mean? Like, this, is, this is it. I've made it, you know. Um, right after that, in the story that is Dollar Green, I, you know, I had, I had met who's now my wife, right? We started getting pretty serious and we got pregnant. So right after um, that big push and that big, you know, th- this is my dream. It always has been. Um, and that was kind of the peak of it. And then I had a real tough decision, Neil, Brad. It was, um, all right, I'm not as financially stable as I want to be right now, and this music's getting pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to make a big boy, real tough decision on, 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to set this down to the side and I'm going to work on my professional self. Um, and I'm going to get my family where I need to be. And then when I do that, I'm going to go do music again and I'm going to, I'm going to do it all. I'm going all in and I'm sitting here right now in my studio that I spent 10 grand and busted my own knuckles building the walls for. Yes. And sounds I, familiar. And, yes. And, yes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm here, man. So, and, and that's where face off comes into play. So now face off, what I'm doing with that is that's that whole process where I'm going to talk about the dope. I'm going to talk about how bad it was quitting, how hard it was, um, what it was like in prison and what it's like now sober because I have to creatively as an artist, I have to get that out of me in order to move on. Like it's there. Like it's, it's a, it's a therapy thing almost as well. You know what I mean? Oh, um, yeah. When you first recorded Behind Blue Eyes, were you thinking that this was going to be music that would help other people? I mean, was that your intention to go that direction? Or was it just to be flat out honest and get something off your chest that you just had to get off your chest? It was both. It was first, let's get, the, I want to get this off my chest. But then it also became about, I wonder who this could help. And it, man, I started, that's when I really started getting messages from strangers, like crying and, you know, like talking mm -hmm. about, like my music has helped people get sober. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with drinking. Don't get me wrong. But when you have substance use disorder to the degree that I have, I'm the type of dude who you know, I, I don't get to sip a, a glass of bourbon. Once I hit that, I'm off and running, dude. I'm out mm -hmm. chasing money. That's what it turns into for me. You know, once I, I can't just stop. I can't just have a, a few sips. It, I break out in handcuffs when I, <laughs> so, I'm allergic. Hey, hey Dollar um, Green, I want to throw in yeah. here real quick for our listeners, too, that we had a brief conversation about us having bourbon during the podcast because I don't want everybody to think that we're just jerks. <laughs> yeah, how, how dare they be drinking seven-year-old bourbon with that poor alcoholic guy on the other end? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, and you know, that's funny. <laughs> once you recognized that, once you saw the reaction when you let your guard down and, and started uh, doing that, and then you had a gap because, like you said, you had a big decision to make. When you came back in blazing, was it more intent on on putting together that message that led is leading to like the face off EP that that is is getting that out there and driving some type of social conversation? For sure, and then now society is ready for that too. Like it's crazy, man, how it's lined up the way that it has. But yeah, like that conversation, there's been a lot from the whole behind blue eyes push. Like I want to talk about that for a second too because. That's what really triggered the face-off thing, actually, because there was a time. I'm on the board of directors at the Volunteers of America right now. That's the treatment center that I got sober at. So I was at a homeless shelter and got sober, and now I'm on the, the board of directors there. Wow. So, like, that's been my journey, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm on the advisory council for restorative justice that where we, where we meet and we come together and we're trying to disrupt the school to prison pipeline. That's a huge problem, right? I'm sharing yes. all this with you because all those relationships, those professional, those board members, they could never know about Dollar Green. And I want to really, I, I want to take a moment while we're here to talk about why, because that's the other part of face off. Can I go there now? Is yeah, that, sure. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, so, 
after we just we got pregnant and I've decided I'm focusing in on my pre- professional life. I'm not going to mention business names because that's just not a good thing to do. But I was doing, you know, I, when I was in treatment, when I got out of prison, and we'll double back and I'll help you understand how I ended up in prison and treatment here in a little bit. But when I got to treatment at that shelter, when I was living at the Volunteers of America for six months in that long-term residential treatment center, I had to, I was a convicted felon and I had to walk the streets of Louisville. I'm from Richardsville, Kentucky. Ever heard of it? Richardsville. Richardsville. Yeah. I, heard, I, I, like, heard, I heard of it today when I was yeah. listening to one of your songs, as a matter of fact. Right. That's the only time. That's how small it is, right? So, yeah, you talk about putting, uh, leaving your truck up on blocks, man. Yeah. Oh, Richardsville, yeah, you Richardsville know, Kentucky. You, you did listen, didn't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> My man. Um, and now I'm here in Louisville and, and they're telling me to go walk the streets of Louisville and find a job. I'm terrified, man. Tark buses. We didn't have tark buses. But I remember landed one and it was for $6.50 an hour. And I remember knowing that this is the best it's ever going to be. This is how bad I've ruined my life, right? Mm-hmm. And I tell you that so to help you understand. And, you know, that was in 2006. By 2010, when I was, you know, really pushing the music really hard, well, I had prof- I had advanced enough professionally to where I'm making about $28,000. It was all right for me from six fifty an hour, right? Yeah, heck yeah, mm-hmm. and, on the way up. Yeah, sure. and... Uh, you know, I kept getting promoted in that in that world I was working in, and it was a real competitive world. So they would do mystery. Other stores people would do mystery shops, and they would call you and and you know see if you did a good job. If you did good enough, they would come visit you in the store and mystery shop you to see if you really did a really good job, and then they would offer you a job. Oh, cool. That happened to me. So I got recruited real tough on the phone. I got recruited in person, and then they called me and set up an interview. And I went on three interviews, and they were going to offer me fifty th- from twenty eight thousand dollars to fifty grand. All right, Dang. and yeah, I was, I was <laughs> like, I'm like, I got a career now. Yeah. So <laughs> they were pursuing me as if I was the hottest chick on the block, right? And then after the three interviews, it went silent, and I'm like, what's going on, right? So. I got a call, and, and it was from one of the guys who I kind of felt like I had a relationship with. And he said, man, I hate to be the one to have to call you and tell you this. He's like, but we're – if you take that shit off the internet, we'll, we'll move forward with the offer. That's what they said to me. If you take that shit off the internet, we'll move forward with the offer. Because in behind what they were talking about was behind blue eyes in the video for it. In that video, I'm talking about my meth addiction. I'm talking about – turning my life around, right? And they were not willing to offer me and allow me to wear their colors and their uniform and represent their company as long as that was on the internet. Wow. Do you see how, do you hear how heavy that is? Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So there I was in a situation where I told you I put down music so I could take care of my professional life and get that in order with the ideal that one day I'll be able to do it again when I get secure, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a decision then at that point to, wow, do I take, you know, I, I fell in love with music. That's why I, I sampled the Who's Behind Blue Eyes to do that too because I would sit and zone out and I knew exactly what they meant when no one knows what it's like to be the bad man. Right. Mm. To telling only lies. Mm. Nobody knew what it was like. I I connected with that on such a deep level that I didn't sample that record by accident. Right. Like that meant Mm -hmm. it's from my heart. 
It's something, it's something that I created from my pain. And they told me that if I wanted to be successful, what I heard them say was in order to be successful, you have to, you have to give that part of you away. And I didn't, I didn't, I turned down their offer, but that was so terrifying to me because like, there I am. Did I just, did I just really shoot myself in the foot? In my mind, the choice was be successful or keep my music on the internet. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about $27,000 difference when you're making $23,000, but you had the the intestinal fortitude to, to, to believe in yourself, really. I mean, uh, with everything that you'd already been through and then creating art like that, I'm with you, man. I, it'd be real tough to say, all right, I can... My, my question to them would be, why? What sense does that make? Anybody that knows me, I mean, that, you can separate one from the other. I am who I am. I've lived the life I've lived, and I'm yeah. better now. Man. It broke my heart is what it did. Yeah. Like it, it, and what the, the, the biggest part, the reason I share that with you all for this, is to help you really understand what face-off is really about. It's not even about just me telling that story. It's about me letting those board. When you, what you saw with the School of Rock— that was me. See, up until that point, that conversation with that $50,000 taught me that it was not safe for my professional circle to know anything about my music or my story, right? Mm-hmm. So when you, what you've seen with the School of Rock was me standing in that, was me letting those, being 100, just absolutely vulnerable and showing those people exactly who I am. That's what Face Off is about. As much as it's about owning that and sharing the story, it's also, I just believe that, I believe the answer is to tell the truth, right? And I believe that's where the power, I believe that's where all the power is, is to stand in all that fear. At the end of the day, too, I mean, how many more people will you affect by by telling the truth than making up a, you know, a fun dance song? It's not even yeah. comparable. Yeah. And it's definitely heavy. It's hard to listen to unless you, unless you, you know, it's it's definitely like it. hearing the truth. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I feel <clears throat> like I know we talked about playing behind blue eyes at got, the end of the podcast, but I feel like we ought to. We got to play it now. I feel like we ought to hear it we now. We have to hear it now. Yeah. All right, let's All do right. it. Mother has to her husband is you And it hurts To sit and watch your mom cry She's losing it, losing it Asking God why There's so much pain And why she's still alive Begging him to take a look behind my eyes And tell me that I'm fake And I don't know about the struggle Tell me I ain't real Just cause I'm a different color Shouts out to my mother For holding it down I can't promise I'ma make it But I won't back down No, I won't back down No, I won't and I won't stop now I do this for my pops who was never around Man, I swear to God I love you Regardless of how the situation turned out Between you and my mom The older man I am today to the shoes that I've worn No one knows what it's like To be the bad man 
to be the sad man behind blue eyes no one knows what it's like to be hated to be faded to telling only lies but my Just another day All I know is hustle Struggle every day Convinced that I'm not good enough Questioning my faith How you gonna judge me And you ain't never felt my pain All I want's a way out And I found it in Crank I took everyone who loved me And spit in their face They put their hand out to feed me And I shit on their plate I'm smoking rocks with my homie Shot itself in the face And all you jerks got the nerve To say I'm a perfect, I'm fake Homie at 23 I celebrated birth of the Grange I'm proud to be a felon, have that dirt on my name You ever tried to get a job, then they turn you away Then they turn you away, then they turn you away Now I'm back out on the corner with this work getting paid Who gon' put food on the table, man, I got bills to be paid Now I'm stuck off in the traffic, man, it's back to the crane I have a collect call from It's me, Mom, it's up to come Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Top Hill Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. I heard that and I was my jaw dropped, man. I'm a mailman, so I'm walking around <laughs> delivering mail, listening. And I'm like, "What just happened?" I, I, I looked at my phone. I'm like, "This is the same." Oh, this is ridiculous. This is so good, so good. So it sounds like it's just part of you to be honest and true. But was there some difficulty in putting this out there for everybody at any time and just laying it out in the open? Man, it's I guess. So I get caught up in, this is kind of just how I live, man. Um, so I have been doing uh, like 12-step fellowships since 2006. And there's a part of that, those books that um, it says, it says uh, Henry Ford once made a wise remark that experience is the thing of supreme value in life. So long as one is willing to turn the past mistakes into assets, Right. Mm-hmm. And it goes on to say, cling to the thought that in God's hands, your painful past is the most valuable possession you have. It's the key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. Right. So when I am, you know, relearning a belief system from a broken man that just got out of prison to I'm rebuilding, like, what is God to me and what is life to me and what what am I here for? And I got those kind of quotes. Like, I didn't read what I just said to you. That's in my body. You know what I'm saying? So I live that way. And now it's just a natural progression for me to make music that is, you know what I mean? It's just authentic. That's all it is. If you were like 22, you wouldn't have to memorize that uh, line. You would have it tattooed on your forearm sideways. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Like that. (laughs) I don't mean to jump subjects because. Come on. We're all well, it's not even jump subjects, but, you know, I'm thinking there are probably listeners like, man, this everything this guy does is serious, but, man, Let It Bop is, <laughs> I love Let It Bop. I was listening to that today. I was like, yeah. all right, this feels so good. 
So, you know, it, although... Uh, well, you know, it, now now uh, we got to put Let It Bop in right here. So, I, it's just, so it Ricky, you're going to have to send that to me. <laughs> All right. I love it. <laughs> let it bop. Let it bop. Let it bang. Where I'm from, we let it swing. Man, that it drop. I'm going to do my thing. Let it bop. Let it bang. Where I'm from, we let it swing. When that 808 it drops. I'm going to do my thing. Let it bop. Let it bang. Let it bop. Let it bang. Let it bop. Even this year, you've been pumping out stuff like crazy, it seems like. So how, how many songs have you released just this year? This year, the whole tattoos and rap music, that only went to YouTube because it's called a mixtape. And what a mixtape is, is where I rap over other people's instrumentals. Uh-huh. So I don't own that, but it's free. So I can do it and give it away, and it's fine. So that's only on YouTube. You won't find that on the official Spotify, iTunes kind of sites. Yeah. Um, and I did that. I told you I built this studio. That was in 2019, February. That's what I did that whole that whole month was build this. What tattoos and rap music was, was me going in and teaching myself how to mix in Pro Tools in oh, my cool. studio. Okay. So it's a little sloppy. It's a little all over the place, but that was the point. And I had a choice, either throw this away or just put it out. So I put it out. But what that did was get me ready to where I'm confident enough to, you know, put here we go again. Like that's a big record. Like that record yes. is with my daughter. That's your daughter? Yeah. Dude, killer. She's my niece who we adopted out of an, you know, uh, an addictive environment. She came from where I come from. Um, And we adopted her five years ago. And since I've built this studio, she comes in here and I record little cover songs for her. And we just came together on a record, you know? So, and, and that Here We Go Again is about what it's like being a kid growing up and all that. That's with uh, Kylie Love. Yeah, Kylie okay. Love. That's my Dude, that's my niece, my daughter. She she has a killer tone to her voice. It worked perfect underneath that song. Awesome. Perfect Thank underneath. You. And I'm sure. I mean, coming from, I mean, not to just coming from her environment, especially that that song has to hit home with her. Yeah, it came from her brain. So we're listening really? to that. Yeah, to that instrumental, and I've said because I kind of I let music kind of tell me what it's telling me and I use my own you know I'm like well how do I feel when I listen to this so we have this instrumental here and it's playing and I'm like I asked Kylie like we're we're driving around the car listening to this instrumental and I'm like what does that say to you what does this what does this music say to you and and she gets all teary-eyed right because we do therapy and stuff together Um, so we're very connected and she's like it was never your fault. That's what she said on mm. what this song said to her. So that's where the whole idea of that wow. song came from was her saying it was never your fault. Mm. Well, and then you you absolutely keyed into that with that one because um, that's another one that's just hits. It hits home. It's so personal and so... Let's listen to a little bit of uh, Here We Go Again now. Uh, let's do it. That, that's with Kylie Love. Is that the name? Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. All right. Love it. Daddy's drinking. Daddy's drinking. Daddy's drinking. Mama's off of medicine. Mama's off of medicine. Mama's off of medicine. Here we go again. Said it was over. It felt like home again. Yeah. 
Another courtroom, here we go again Daddy's drinking and mama's off her meds again He ain't mean to hit me, I should've listened better And mama's sick again, a pill will make her feel better So that was all our business, and I should keep a secret If I ain't keep it, there'd be people that would come and get me Police are bad guys, they don't want us to be together You tell them something, they're coming, they'll take you forever Whoa! You know why I love her? Her uh, there's something that's very like Nightmare on Elm Street dreamscapey about her voice that, yeah, that complements not that. only the tone. Yeah, yeah, it's I get just that. It, and I'm, I'm sure there has to be uh, some pretty deep emotions that come out just listening to that song that you guys recorded, isn't there? Like oh, for you yeah. personally? Oh yeah, like I I when. So here's the the tough part is I, I have to be critical for the longest time. By the time I get to listen to it and like listen to it as a listener, oh man, because I'm mixing it right. So, and I have it has to be perfect to the ear, and there's all kind of technical stuff that I'm listening to as I'm making it, and it takes so long for me to be able to like get that in the car and drive and I actually listen to the music. And yeah, so when I get to that point, when I got to that point with that one, oh man, yeah, it, was, it just melted me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I bet. I realize I'm start, starting to realize how heavy everything is, and it's heavy, but it's just this project, right? Like it's 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 face off. It's got to be heavy. It's got to be the truth, you know? No, I think that there's a lot to be said in that, though. I mean, heavy is good. Heavy is not even heavy. Just telling the the truth and being honest, and it makes <clears throat> like I was saying earlier. It's said it's better. It's, it just gives you more of a, a buy-in to not only the music, but the person that's, that it's coming from. And, and uh, it makes you want to dive in more to not only what they're saying, but the, it just invested. It gets you more invested in what's going on and not only the song, but what's the next song saying? What's this, what's this yeah. album going to say? That's awesome, man. I love that you've listened to this like you have. So you, you're on your postal route with some earbuds in, just rocking yes. out to Dollar Green all day today? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's and, uh, awesome. Officially, no, but unofficially, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to be careful, huh? <laughs> no, nah, none of those guys listen to this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have you on the receiving end of a phone call that says, Neil, if you don't pull that shit off the internet, we're going to take this job. <laughs> I'll say, I quit. You know it. I didn't want to work. <laughs> I don't want to work here anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How serious is uh, Kylie about music? Uh, it's uh, definitely a recreational hobby for her. She's a teenage kid, so she's all over the place. Um, yeah. She's awesome. Like, Kylie's a good kid. Um, she's not... Uh, she's got a lot going on. She volunteers at the zoo. She plays volleyball. So she loves to make music, but there's a whole new grind and level of work that she doesn't really conceptualized yet is my answer to that Brad. she just wants to come to the studio and sing <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> that is my actual answer yes that's yeah let hey, let you come back 15 hours later with a product <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> so uh do you do your own beats or how do you get how do you come up or get your acquire your background music i do make instrumentals um 
but I wanted to get face off out. Like there's this huge drive inside of me to get past this story, right? I want this out. Oh, yeah. I want as much as I love it. I also want creatively, like I'm stuck in this really sad, heavy, authentic place that I want to go let it bop. Like let it bop yeah. just snuck in there, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I was able to pull that off because that's, you know, a song I did with someone else. It's not a part of Face Off. So I loved that opportunity. But and I wanted to get Face Off done. And with Face Off, I got all those from a producer. His name's Raspo. That's his name. But I did that because one, his sound f- just fits perfect with this project. Mm-hmm. And it gives me a lot more time because I, you know, I write the lyrics, I mix the music, I market it. I, I'm a one man shop. So when I can get beats from somewhere, it really saves months uh, mm-hmm. in the process. So well, especially if it complements what you you do anyway, or oh, what you it, were his aiming sound to is do. Perfect. Yeah, the sound is just perfect. Yeah, like with this specific thing, like you talked about, you have a real true intent and vision. You really need something that uh, kind of goes along with what you're thinking and feeling anyway. So, I mean, if like you said, you got a guy that does that, there's no need to sit and, and try to make your own thing if the thing's out there and people are wanting to work with people. Yeah, exactly. What I did notice uh, going kind of through the catalog is not only um, there is a diversity of beats and sounds you know you got the stuff going on now you got stuff like let it bop that's more uh club type stuff and then you actually even have you you spoke of no limit there's even kind of stuff that kind of is throwback paying homage to them in in some way what i saw so there's a real diversity and not only the sounds of your music and what you're doing but also in the style that you you rap you you seem to be able to um kind of dive in and out of different styles is that all just based on what you listen to throughout you know being 13 14 and growing up or is that just because of the beats that you've used in the past or is it a combination i think it's a combination and it's both like so there's also there's also this part of me that um uh how do i say i'm real proud of myself (laughs) I think highly of myself is what I'm saying, Neil. Good. And and I feel like in the rap world, the rap world where it's different than, you know, another genre is it's it's very, it's a sport, right? So lyrics, um, your ability to do that and to do it well and fast and flip it and, and you know, there, there's a, it's a sport. Mm-hmm. And everyone in this sport, they are, they're one trick ponies, Right. Mm-hmm. They're all in the same. They have one speed, one gear, one lane, and that's their sound. And there's a part of me that, like, I, I don't want to be limited by that. So I take a lot of pride in being able to, like, I, I just, I get something in my head and I go make it. Right. Yeah. So that's where that comes from. It's like, I just want to, I don't want to be stuck in the face off sad lane. You know what I yeah. mean? I don't want to be. Like on some, I don't know if you've heard those, but I used to only rap fast, like 100 yeah. miles an hour. Yeah, you, <laughs> have a, you even have a song called You Rap Too Fast. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of them. Yeah, yeah um, man. <laughs> that's on purpose. But you know, that's funny because it's not, like you said, everybody kind of acquires their lane. And unless they, you know, do a collaboration with somebody else, uh, like, you know, Drake. I mean, I, I, I like Drake. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah. But it seems like everything has that definite lane that, that he goes in and until you know he works with somebody else and then he, he can completely flip it up but yeah 
I appreciate that. And there's, I don't see that there's a lot of artists out there like that, especially in the hip hop world. Yeah, I don't either. I'm big about not being in a box. How do you, uh, you're, you know, you said you're a one man crew, one man show. How do you market that? Do you just don't worry about that part of it and just represent yourself as a, you know, just a hip hop artist and let the chips fall where they may? So this is my first project really since, so tattoos and rap music, I just dropped it out of nowhere. I didn't really push it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, face off, I'm targeting, you know, like I, there are, there's campaign ad dollars that go into targeting sober people, therapists, like people who, people who know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. So yeah. with face off, I do that. I have an experience since I've been back in, you know, 2020, how I'm going to go about marketing that. My my goal in my mind, Neil, is to get enough people interested and bought in from this face-off narrative that then they're ready to see what I'm going to do next. Yeah. That's the plan. So, and, you know, to, when Here We Go Again dropped, that's the closest thing I've ever been to, like, a viral sensation. That My Spotify, I had 12 monthly listeners in June. I, <laughs> Are you I, serious? Yes. I dropped... Is that 192,000 uh, or something like that now? <laughs> 162 the last time I checked. Oh, like, wow. I think it was 192 today. Say that again. We got, so you went from 12... I'll tell you right now. 169,346 monthly listeners. You went from 12 monthly listeners to what? 160, 169. It was like 160,000 last yeah, time I checked. 160,000. Monthly listeners. 160,000. I might need reading glasses. Since February. Since, no, June. No, yeah. So that, that was actually, that happened on August 6th when I released Here We Go Again with Kylie. That was... August 6th? Yeah. That's all <laughs> happened since August. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so you're, it, it's just uh, it's an adventure for you to get up every morning and see what the Spotify number looks like. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I checked it every single day. <laughs> what do those analytics look like today? Oh, it turns out they're yeah. listening everywhere. Well, man, congratulations. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, and did yeah. that? What was the trajectory of that? Was it immediate? I know. So in the first week, it went up to like forty thousand. I was freaking out. Like I kept posting on my story on social media you know, that progress, because I was like, holy crap, right? I knew it was going to slow down, and it's just kept on climbing. It slowed down, but it's still climbing. It hasn't well, came back down know, yet. But you, I think it's good to point out, though, I mean, you're obviously working your ass off. I mean, you're you're putting yourself out there a lot of places, including uh, independent podcasts like ours, you know, when people... Yeah. Uh, People ask, and you're, well, and, you, you and do it. Louisville School of Rock. I mean, how School cool Rock, is that yeah. for them to get to see, you know, uh, somebody come and do the spoken word, tell their story, do their thing? I mean, that's... Yeah, so my point's that it's not luck. No, it ain't it, about luck. Yeah, it's hard work uh, mixed with some with some good fortune, too. Well, and, 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 and skill and, and ability. And not to uh, mention, you just also uh, collabed on the Say Your Name, right? Yeah, that's my newest thing. Uh, that's that's what we've really, that's where all my energy is actually going right now when it comes to marketing. Well, yeah, because um, you're doing a huge. Aren't y'all donating all proceeds or half proceeds or something crazy to that? Dude, I love how you you're really good at this, Neil. You've been paying attention. <laughs> oh, thanks. Man. Yeah, just so it, all the proceeds go to Louisville Urban League, and the Leo just published us Friday. Oh, cool. Um, so now we're there's conversations about performing it on Great Day Live. Got to. Uh, yeah, I think so. Once we, like, the plan is once we get that, the Great Day Live stuff going and the Don G interviews, we're ready then to take it on to a national media 
scale, right? So, and mm-hmm. you know, once we get Louisville, once we've get, been on the Louisville media, then we're going to branch out to to a na- more of a national push. Have, have you all reached? Have talked to um, Charles Booker? I have. Yep, I've had a, a Zoom interview with Charles Booker. He's awesome. He's got so much going oh, on right now with that hood to the holler. He's amazing. Yeah, he's a, just a solid human being. Is is what Charles Booker is. As a matter of fact, a big shout out to I'm, I'm a U of L fan, but big shout out to Rex Chapman. Today's his birthday. Not that he's ever going to hear this. And right. all what he wanted today was all his proceeds from his sales of his uh, blocker charge shirt go to um, Hood to Holler. Wow! Every bit of them. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that happened today. So that's cool. Happy birthday! I did not know that. I follow him on on Twitter, and he's, dude, he's great. He's reckless, ain't he? <laughs> <laughs> I he's love phenomenal, it. man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so like, I mean, that all man. ties in. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Did you get approached about that, or did you and uh, Ball Skrilla. So did you guys, did he come to you or did you all collab or did you just, was it an idea that with everything going on, you just had to, you know, say something? No, it's, I'm glad you asked that actually, because that's a big part of, of what, I, I don't know what your audience is like. So, you know, you, I, I'm careful about talking about that. But so what happened, man, once I built this studio, I needed, I was looking, you know, I was mixing my own music, uh, but then a real good friend of mine, Sherman Brown, um, I don't know if you all know him, but he's a Germantown guy. Just mm-hmm. an awesome, another awesome human being. But he introduced me to to Boss Skrilla. From there, like I realized what what he's working on a project, and he needed a studio, right? And I needed I needed somebody's music to mix. So Sweet. we we met up a few times and come together, and we're on the same path in life. Um, and I've been big on equality. I've been big. I've mm-hmm. been to prison, man. I've seen it all. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So there's a huge piece in my heart that that knows stuff's out of whack and I always wanted to do something and I wasn't sure as a white man in America what I can do. I mean, if, if you grow up on the lower end of the economic scale, man, you're... Yeah. Come on. That's yeah. what it boils down to. Where you at? Yep, exactly. And, um, you know, I've been... I've just been focused on that conversation and been wondering yeah. what I could do to be a part of it. And then Boss Skrilla comes in and he's telling me the content of his project and it's called My Black America and it's literally... It's literally about what it's like. You know, Boss Skrilla's got the same journey I got, and now he's he's on the back end of that, and instead of glorifying that, he's telling the truth about it. And so I get to be the mix engineer on that project. And oh, yeah. so we were doing that. This is 2019. This is before all this unfolded. This is before COVID is when we started working on his project. And then all this stuff unfolds this year, and it is his the content of his project is exactly where 2020 went. Whoa. It's like, whoa. Hmm. His project's not done, but in the midst of that, that's when, you know, we're working on his project and, you know, we're becoming friends because we spend so much time together now. And the the George Floyd and the Brianna happened and it's like, man, we got to make a song. Like, we're watching everything Tamika Palmer's going through and it's just heartbreaking. And all these people who are just mean, man. So mm-hmm. mean. Unbelievably. Um. And, you know, the humanity in me, you know, he asked me, he's like, you know, we're talking about doing this song. He's like, well, you need to be on it. She, that terrified me. Like, wait, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, when I really started to consider, okay, if I'm going to be on this song, what do I have to say about this? And it was simple for me. It's, it's, 
that mother who just lost her child and who's dealing with all this ugly from all these angles. That's who I wrote that song for. And that's who we made that song for. Because, there's, you know, regardless of the details, Neil, Brad, we weren't, we weren't there. I don't know what happened. I don't know how that went down. I don't know. But what I do know for sure is that woman's child was shot and killed. And in addition to that, it's been it's been the the highlight of news and everything nationwide, and that's that mother still carrying that, and I can't imagine, right? Mm. So I, my goal with that is music is timeless, right? I can still put on Behind Blue Eyes the original version, and I can vibe all the way out to it, right? Because mm. it's timeless art. So. My goal, my hope, you know, we got this approved by Mrs. Palmer. We went through her attorneys. We went through all the channels to get this with her and to have her say, yes, I, I like this song. I want you all to go ahead with it, right? Oh, that's um, awesome. But my my goal is is in 20 years, when, when it's 20 years from now, is for her to sit there and, and listen to that and remember what the life of her daughter really meant in history and forget all that ugly. I hope in 20 years that she listens to it and and uh, kids that listen to it or, or, or hear it for the first time and are younger go, that's what happened back then? Things like that used to happen. And I hope that that although yeah, man. Ter- as, as awful and as horrendous as all of it has been, I hope, I hope that it leads to everything that they have agreed that it will lead to and as far as policing in America, man. It's just, it, otherwise, it would be even more tragic. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, the weight, you know, like you we said. Even got, we just went and got even heavier, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> we did. But, but it, that, that situation, man, 2020 is what it is at this point. That's, it's yeah, just been... we, went, we went all the way 2020 just now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What a year. What a year. Well, let's, uh, I don't want to back up too far. Because yeah, we, we've heard a lot of it, but I would love to get the spoken word story recorded yeah, on man, this podcast. I'm down. I'm down. You up for it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's is hear that, it. Is that what we're doing now? All right. Yeah, here let's we go. hear it. Oh, shit. Is this happening? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. Yo, let me talk to you. I just need a minute. I'm going to tell you about a boy who was never going to be shit. He grew up addicted. He didn't have no siblings steal everything he had. He had to share with mental illness. His mama had it. It was just them, them against the world and them against the system. They were caught up in a trap designed to keep a slave in prison. Let me talk to you. Are you even paying attention? I said they were caught up in a trap designed to keep a slave in prison. They say the sky's the limit. The sky's not the limit. I mean, who the fuck you kidding? He knew that was just a gimmick. How somebody touched the sky when he can't even touch the ceiling of the trailer that he lived in. It was broken down and lived in. She went to work. He was alone. No one to care about how he's feeling. And mama was depressed and he knew she wasn't trying to hear it. She say she want to die. Keep on begging God to end it. He's just hiding in his room. Act like he don't even hear it. He wished to go away, but it keeps coming back to visit. She's crying on the phone, keeps saying the word evicted. He didn't know what it meant, but knew it would change how he was living. Look, 
He was only nine, but in his mind, he had to fix it. He had heard mention of God, but it was faint and only whispers. And if his father didn't want him, then how's the one in heaven different? Yeah, the struggle's real, I know. I watched him live it. This record is for anyone that's been caught up in that system or who's ever been to sleep with no heat, no lights, cold nights, nothing but heat from the stove pipes. But this is about the boy and his mama. They were so tight. A trauma bond. He would seek that out his whole life. She'd persevere, never care what kind of purse she wear. She lived for him, but looking at him, she couldn't help but feel all the pain in her heart. His dad had left her there. She never left from there. If she wasn't crying about a man, then she was crying over late bills, and he was 13 when he sold his first pain pill. It was the same still. It didn't change nothing. She went to work more than the boy. He stayed blunted. She moved a man in. The boy would take from him and sell his weed at school. He loved to make money. They went from state-funded to shrimp and steak money. She knew what he's doing, but she wouldn't say nothing. She was never scared, but the boy, she was afraid of him. She'd find drugs and guns, and she would pray for him. It was too late for him. There was no turning back, because he would spend 20 and get 100 back. He fell in love with that. He couldn't get enough of it. By high school, you could get anything you want from him. Still wasn't enough for him. It's never enough for him. It wasn't the drugs, was what they done for him. His mother told him it wouldn't last, that they would come for him. They come for him, had guns drawn, talking about get down on the ground for him. They found more than enough he would go down for it. They'd hold it down for him. I mean, he had connections. Until his girl started messing with his best friend, then his next friend, then his next friend. Yeah, he began to question Everything these rappers ever said because shit was real different. His definition and theirs of what was real different. He started to feel different. No one was here with him. There was nobody down to ride. No one was sitting in the cell with him. The hell with them. This wouldn't be the end of his story. Victory over hardship. He's built for it. He killed for another chance to rewrite his story. He grabbed a pen. He wrote the script for it. He had a gift for it, something like a sixth sense. He packed his bags, man, and he ain't seen the pen since. That sentence did exactly what it was supposed to do. He swallowed pride and did what people that are sober do. He told the truth, trusted God, and cleaned his mess up. They told him if he kept going, it'd be like he never even messed up. Within a couple years, the boy was blessed up. He used his story to help others who had messed up. As a matter of fact, the rumor has it that he's still at it. He makes music, Neil. They say it helps heal addicts. He was real bad once. He's helping them through real battles. Real battles. Most know nothing about. So that's the story of the boy. And of course, there's more to it. Maybe next time we'll get more into it. There's a moral to it. Something for you to think on. Yo, you should think on it. Story about a boy. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. unbelievable, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. That is great. <laughs> that's the that's the first version I've ever done. And use your name, Neil. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of hurt. <laughs>
I wasn't. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't. I, was like, <laughs> I guess I guess new and Brad would have thrown your tippo off though. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, it was you gotta, you gotta. I thought about it, Brad. I was trying to work it in there. Man, I'm so happy you didn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, next verse, when you write this next chapter of your life, you'll have to put Brad in it when you come back on the show. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> oh, man. Face off, man. Is that, when's the... Uh, it, it's December. That's all I got. So December. because I'm because I'm all by myself, man, I've got so much to do. I wanted to, I wanted to have videos accompanying all these releases. Oh. And I'm just so behind. But no matter what, this is Face Off 2020. This thing will be done by December. I don't care what I got to do. Well, keep nice. Top Hill recording informed through uh, through the social oh, man, so that, we can help you. That'd be awesome, man. I would love yeah. I would love that. Maybe we could uh, do another one of these. I don't want to close up your, your no. episodes, but it'd be cool if we could, around the release time, if we could have this conversation launch again. Let's absolutely cool. yep, do it. Yep. You've got our contacts. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch. But. And we need to do, we need to make sure we're always a couple weeks ahead. So we need to make sure we record like a couple weeks before you release so we can actually be pumping it the week it comes exactly. out. That's great. So our listeners uh, out there that want to, uh, want to stay more in touch with Dollar Green, how, how do they do that? Dollargreen.com is the quickest answer. So that will have a link to all my social stuff. I'm very active on social media. So hmm. if you went to dollargreen.com, there's just no R in dollar, right? It's dollar green, not dollar green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm active on Instagram, Facebook, and everything. So anywhere, anywhere you hang out at, I'm already hanging out there. So I cannot wait to hear what Face Off uh, ends up becoming. I'm a big fan already, man. So I, I just I'm super excited to see what this brings, and then even more excited to like you talked about at the beginning of this, getting this out because you have to, and then see what see what hits you next. Yeah, man. The last the last song on Face Off is called "Be Great," and it's the opposite vibe of everything on the whole project. But it's it's that way on purpose. It's a transition out, right? It's okay. It's called "Be Great." And it's just about, I just want to be great, right? Will they write about my music and the impact that it made? Will they keep me in conversations when they're debating about the greats? Who's to say? Either way, I'm going to paint, right? This is me. That's it. I'm, I love I'm that. Art. <laughs> so I'm so the next, paint. you know, the, I'm moving into that kind of energy. I, I want to be just hype and yes. light and happy. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So we really appreciate you being on the show, Dollar Green, and we're going to go out. We're going to play Why. Do you uh, do you have anything you want to say about Why before we play that? Yeah, as you're listening to it, it sounds like I'm breaking up with somebody, and this is actually what it was like for me breaking up with my addiction. It's not has nothing to do with a female. So Okay. Yeah. That song just hit me at another level now. Yeah. All right, I love listen it. Listen to it again now. I'm going to listen to it from a different <laughs> angle. Well, Heck thanks yeah. again, Dollar Green, and listeners, right, we'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you, brother. It's been awesome. All right. I thought we had a deal, I gave you all I had Put you in front of friends, it was me and you For it was one of them, I introduced you to them I should have seen it then It was never about me, it's what I could do for you What you could get about me, who I could introduce you to I knew the truth, still there was nothing I would do for you A fool for you, you break my legs, still jump through hoops for you I thought we had a deal Deal. Why? 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 I thought we had a deal. Why? I thought we had a deal.
let you go When I'm still holding on Said I should leave you, I don't need you Should be moving on This shit is stupid hard And I ain't ready for it Said I should leave you, I don't need you I ain't ready for it They weren't there for it Nah, they weren't there, were they? They weren't there when she despaired To have her prayers working She wanted to die daily And I was nine, maybe I'm on the couch with mom Talking about don't cry, baby We'll be alright, baby Yeah, we gon' make it through I'm scared to death inside But I know I can't let it through I ain't nowhere to turn I didn't know what to do You gave me hope when there was none I owe my life to you Why? I thought we, I thought we, How I thought we had a deal leave me Not ready to let you go Were the best of friends before I had any I gave you all I had You turn your back to me You set a trap for me I never seen it coming You had me blind to if I didn't wanna feel you numbing You left my life a wreck And I hate you for it I'm still in love with you And I hate you for it I thought we, I thought we, I thought we had a leave? 